Hi, this is Raina G. This is going to be kind of a long podcast, and you're going to hear a lot of stuff in the back that's called fireworks because it's not even the 4th of July yet, but in my neighborhoods, everybody has fireworks at Alabama. I just want to talk about what is America. My beloved America is more than just a country. From its beginning, it was a beacon of hope, a light leading to freedom so many didn't have, a place to revere for its purple mountain majesty, fruited plains. God chose my America in his grand plan to provide a place for all people to pursue pursue happiness in their lives while enjoying and fighting for the liberty they needed and prayed for. They were escaping tyranny. God chose my America. Remember that. So they came. First on foot as many tribes conquered lands and people to reside in this new place. Then they came on ships and under the rule of King George tried to establish a home away from tyranny. Many came, expecting the king to take care of them, enslaved in poverty and beholden to the crown. Not just for Europeans of white descent, but for anyone willing and able to work the land and reap what they sowed. Many died of starvation, refusing to work and exploiting those who tilled the soil. There were also many diseases, and people were spread out. There were no hospitals and doctors to take care of them. In the 17th century, the principal component of the population in the colonies was English. The second largest group was African. German and Scot-Irish immigrants arrived in large numbers during the 18th century, and other important contributions to the colonial ethnic mix were made by the Netherlands, Scotland, and France. And so it went. I'm trying to pause a little bit every time it's too loud. But by 1763, the word American was commonly used on both sides of the Atlantic to designate the people of the 13 colonies. The opening of the 17th century found three countries, France, Spain, and England, contending for dominion in North America. Decade by decade, these colonists became more separated from their homelands and began identifying themselves as Americans. They developed unique personalities according to their geography in the 13 colonies. The first 13 states each had their own habits, culture, work ethics, genealogy, and often religious tenets. These 13 colonies were the beginning of the melting pot. And as they became more American and less European or African or Irish or German or French or Spanish, they knelt and prayed on this land of freedom and longed for others and their families to make the trip, find freedom, and become Americans. Of course, there were wars. Just as there were wars in Europe over land, religion, and power, the colonists faced aggression by the French and the Spanish as they strove for dominion over America. The British ended up winning what they believed to be their right to rule these new people and to control them. They issued tax mandates on the fruits of their labor. A combination of two impulses, the restlessness of men seeking better land and a desire for greater independence in religion and politics, led various elements in New England to establish other colonies. Thus, Roger Williams, a stout, stout adherent of freedom and tolerance, helped bring Rhode Island into existence. Thomas Hooker and others founded settlements on the Connecticut River and the Reverend John Davenport and others established a New Haven colony which expanded along Long Island Sound. 
In an effort to establish their settlements, boundaries, and trade for profit, the 1700s saw the formation of plantations. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's where they started buying slaves. No. White indentured servants, mainly English, Scotch, and Irish, provided the labor. These servants agreed to work the land for no wages for four to six years, receiving food, transportation, and support. At the end of their term, they moved and established their own land, becoming independent planters or freehold farmers. The French and Indian War found colonists and Native Americans at war with each other, but mostly with the French. The Iroquois, and I'm in part Delaware, so I'm part of the Iroquois Nation, and wiped out two tribes. And the Shawnee had aided the French, learning the art of scalping and trading. So when I hear about indigenous peoples having their land taken, first of all, how do you think those indigenous peoples came to America? They migrated from somewhere, and then they started killing each other in wars. Okay, so after the French and Indian War, the colonists had no intention of accepting a subordinate position in the British Empire. They were proud of the fighting record of their soldiers. They knew well that Philadelphia was the second largest city under the British flag, and that as a seat of learning, scientific inquiry, and the arts, it compared well with any city outside of London. They knew that American commercial enterprise equaled that of the British, and that they were making more rapid advances in some respects than other people in the world. A spirit of self-sufficiency pervaded the land. Self-sufficiency, that's where entrepreneurship came from. That's where small businesses started to grow. It was especially strong among the settlers of mixed stock. In other words, you know, inner, inner marriages and stuff who had moved out toward the frontiers. And it was especially strong among the artisans, the mechanics and laborers of the towns. The atmosphere was changing and John Adams spoke truly when he later declared the revolution, quote, the revolution was effected before the war commenced. The revolution was in the minds and hearts of the people. The wars were expensive, as all wars are, and Britain wanted to place troops in the colonies to protect the people, but also wanted the people to pay for those troops. The Americans saw in the British innovations a pattern of tyranny and found part of them to be unconstitutional. They actually called it that before there was a constitution. Though the adjective tyrannical may not apply perfectly to that policy, it's not unsuitable. Forbidden to ex exploit the lands of the West, ordered to pay for the protection of an uh, enlarged army, for which they had not asked, told that their maritime trade on the seas would be closely regulated, injured deeply by interference from their West Indian trade, mildly menaced by an Anglican church, suffering a heavy loss in medium of exchange, faced by two very substantial taxes for revenue imposed by a parliament across the ocean in which they were not represented, all these in a time of post-war economic distress. They had been told they could expect additional taxes. Post-war economic distress. So, they, you know, the revolution became a war about the economy. The people, we the people, trying to build a nation, whether that was 13 colonies, 13 states, or, or 50 in the end, trying to build a nation and being taxed to death, not represented correctly, and always in some post-crisis. The Americans were now called patriots. And they said, no. When the British opened fire, the patriots were there. Even though one-third of Americans held allegiance to the crown, and another third were neutral, which meant they were afraid, and like many of the liberals we have out there, the rest stood up and fought for the freedoms they cherished. 
and the Declaration of Independence was born of the Second Continental Congress and signed. Now, most of these leftists will say that the signers of the Constitution were these elite whatevers, whatevers from England. No, well, 48 of the 56 were born in America. 48 of the 56 signers were born in the colonies. They were Americans. Two were born in England, two in Ireland, two in Scotland, one in Northern Ireland, and one in Wales. My America was born of the people and for the people, not by color or heritage or creed or religion, but by Americans who believed in freedom, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the God-given right to live. Here's the Declaration of Independence in short. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. In other words, the laws of nature and nature's God. We have our God-given rights. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate the government's long established. It should not be you know, changed for light and transient causes. And according, accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient suffrage of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. They refused the government that was being imposed upon them. And they knew they had the inalienable right from God to live, to pursue happiness, to be free. Okay, so then they they laid out all the things that the governors have done. Okay, um, what the king has done, refused the governors this, he refused to pass other laws for accommodation. He called together legislative bodies of unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from depository. He refused for a long time to cause others to be elected. He endeavored to prevent the population of the states um, to, to make their own laws, to govern themselves. He's made judges dependent on his will. We see that going on in our country right now. He imposed taxes without our consent, uh, deprived us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury transported us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses. All these things were in the Declaration. Okay, and then they, they at the end, um, said, he has 
excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless savages who known, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. And for the support of this declaration, they wrote, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, on God, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. This is my nation, the nation of people, we the people. We grew this nation, we were young, we still are, we're only 145 years old tomorrow. It's not the 4th of July, the 4th of July appears on all kinds of calendars. It's the United States, the American Independence Day. And that's what's important to remember. We gained our independence for a reason. We believed in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we continue to believe that. And we will not let a government become a tyrannical government relying on other governments like China, Russia, North Korea, um, Iran to dictate to us who we will be. We're a melting pot. We have people from all nations here who came to us and said, I want to be an American. And that's what it means to be an American, is that you have a duty to keep the freedom of America, to let people have liberty in the pursuit of happiness. And to do that, you have to fight sometimes. Sometimes you fight with words. Sometimes you fight with fists. Sometimes you fight with guns, like the Revolution or the Civil War or whatever. It was America who changed the course of events in the world. Because the people from all those countries who had become Americans also became servants to America in many ways because they served their country and they fought the wars, not just here but overseas. It was America who jumped in in World War I and helped save uh, that part of the world at that time from communism. It was America who jumped in in North Korea in the Korean War and we lost many people there. But that's why there's still a North and South Korea. Otherwise, all of Korea would be communist. It was America who went to Vietnam. And many, I'm a Vietnam-era veteran of the Marine Corps. Many people say we never should have been there and we were fighting for nothing, blah, blah, blah. But all of Vietnam would be communist today if we weren't there. So, yes, we do get involved sometimes where maybe we shouldn't. But on the other hand, the people here who are Americans have a legacy and a heritage in all these other countries. They came from there. Their grandparents came from there. Their great-grandparents were born there in all these other countries. And so, yes, we have an allegiance to many countries. But the main thing is, once you become an American, America comes first. So on this Independence Day, I just want to remind you of all the songs that are out there that talk about our freedoms. My country tis of thee. You know that song? Of thee I sing, sweet land of liberty. That's important. America the beautiful. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful country. And we've kept it beautiful as much as we can. Not Democrat-run cities, forget that. But we've kept it beautiful. And now there's other songs out there. There's one by Aaron, whatever his last name is, that came out that says, Am I the only one who sees what's happening, who sees the threads of the flag? being torn, being burned. And I'm not the only one, and neither is he. And we're not going to let it happen. I ask you other countries, do you know how many of your ancestors 
were born here. There goes some more fireworks. This is what it's all about. Anyway, I'm sorry for the loud sound. But that's America. That's the 4th of July, Independence Day. Heralding of freedom. Let no one tread on my flag. Let no one burn my flag. Let no one disrespect my flag like that woman at the Olympics. Because this is my America and my people for generations have fought for the freedoms that you all have now. The freedom to speak out, the freedom, the First Amendment on the Constitution, freedom of speech, the freedom to bear arms. And the reason that we have that freedom is in case the government, as the Declaration of Independence says, ever does anything like the king was doing during the beginning of our time. We have the arms to fight back. Don't give them up because we don't know what's coming. That's part of our heritage. It's part of our, our beginning. It's part of our history. It's part of our lives. It's part of our future. Teach your children well. Teach them about the freedoms of America. This is my country. My country. Tis of thee. God bless the United States of America.